Space Anime, what's up? We only watched two episodes this week, 53 and 54, because that was the end of the uh, second, season. second season, as it were. Uh, and then we're going to have some time to do thoughts afterwards, which is a rare treat for you. You get to hear how wrong I am about everything. <laughs> these, two so episodes, lucky. these two episodes were filled with a lot of stuff, though, because they have to finish up the season and a lot of things come to their climax. So, Yeah, so we start off and uh, Yang is just it has Ryan dead to rights and then Heinison calls and says unconditional surrender. Yep. <laughs> don't actually we don't, we lost. It, it's really interesting how now. they uh, edited this too cuz the end of episode 52 it was them in the site with Reinhardt you know in the sights and then like immediately just goes oh we got the call within like the first 30 seconds of the episode. Mhm. So um uh they say Dusty is immediately pissed off shen cop surprising no one like fucking dives to the front of the ship i like to imagine he was like halfway back on the ship and just dead sprinted as soon as he heard the news <laughs> he was like, Fuck push the fucking button <laughs> i also God like i also like how uh, dusty being of course yang's um uh inner monologue i just like to think yang was just sitting there inside of his head he's just all like motherfucker <laughs> well it, it was yeah, more it, was, it should be stated that dusty was more frustration like they've worked so hard to get to this yeah. point why does it have to be ruined when shun cop is more fuck this guy what has he ever done for us sort of thing dusty's um, probably the only character we've seen so far who's capable of grow, growing a five o'clock shadow <laughs> they do show him with that. He's after the, the only battle. character that they've shown with five o'clock shadows. Like one other time in the series, it happened. Uh, so Yang is having none of these devil's arguments. He will uh, adhere to the Free Planet Alliance's surrender and has the Armada pull back. Um, we cut to Reinhardt being completely confused and kind of almost mad that he isn't being murdered. Like he doesn't see. Like he never imagined this to be the outcome. He either figured he would win or die. And he never saw this as something that would happen. And so instead he just sees Yang's ship just kind of float away gently. And he's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Such a disrespect. And, and he gets, he gets a call on the phone. <laughs> By the way, we handed you your victory because you and you were about to die. So um, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. He's going to take this great. So the reason that the uh, they got the con- unconditional surrender is because we get a flashback to Hildegard meeting with Mittenmeyer. Um, telling him that it would be way better. She, like, I guess did the math and figured out that uh, Mittenmeyer would never reach Reinhardt in time yeah, to save him? Yeah, she just solves that. Yeah, she just solves, like, it would take four days to get there and save Reinhardt, or it would, t- like, which wouldn't work. He'll be dead before then. Or we could spend two days, go to Heinison, take shit over, and tell him not to kill him. Because if he gets <laughs> killed, we lose. <laughs> like, full stop. We're yeah. done. So uh, they kind of wonder if Yang would follow a surrender order, but they see, like, you know, he's had chances. He's had uh, opportunities in the past to seize power, and he's never done it. So he must be, you know, either a softy or very committed to the ideals of democracy. It, it's funny um, because uh, his enemies have a better feel for his personality than the politi- politicians in his own government. Because yeah. throughout the series, you have all the people in the Free Planet Alliance who are trying to screw Yang over because they think, oh— He's just going to make a power grab. And meanwhile, you have these guys who face him on the battlefield. And they're like, nah, that doesn't sound like Yang. <laughs> I think they probably just see it through different optics. I mean, the people in the Free Planet Alliance yeah. have to worry about their positions and all that. The guys in the Emperor just see him for who he is for the most part. So, 
Um, Mittenmeyer says he can't take Connison without Rutenthal. Um, he's got to go tell Rutenthal that he's got to go do this plan. I have here Hilda does a Marge Simpson. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's really good. So what happens basically is, yeah, uh, Hilda's there talking to to Mittenmeyer and just like, hey, so uh, you want to do this? And Mittenmeyer's like, well, I can't go alone, obviously. You know, that would look terrible. It would look really like I went rover and I was doing a clout grab. So let me take Rutenthal and Hilda just like, just stares directly at the camera for a second and then yeah it like legit cuts to her like after being like yes that sounds fine i love ruinthal that guy's a, a pleasure and then it just like zooms in on her eyes she like looks down to the side and he's like, <laughs> like it's ridiculous. she doesn't actually make the noise but it she may as well have so uh Mittenmeyer is telling ruinthal's plan over video phone or whatever and uh, Hilda's in the background second-guessing herself because I guess she's the only one in the Galactic Empire that sees that Rutenthal may have ambitions and is not... Well, one of two. One of two. Because oh, yeah. there is one per- other person who clearly knows, yeah. Yeah. But um, Rutenthal does agree to help them, and they go and take the city hostage, and they blow up the Free Planet Alliance's military building. It's that big tower. I just call it the Pentagon, but it's the same thing. Yeah, there's a bunch of anti-air guns, and then also yeah. some government building. You yeah, know, and it, it was Meyer, kind of like, like almost gleefully says that, like, you know, if we were to blow up some civilian houses, they wouldn't care. But the instant they see mm-hmm. their government buildings get blown up, they, uh, they're all turning over. The so. blood drains from their face, yeah. I believe, is what, what his words were. Yeah, then, uh, Hilda, then yeah, Hilda's like... Hill's like, well, so are you trying to, like, really avoid civilians getting involved? Do you care that much? And he's just like, well, I mean, I was a civilian. <laughs> just kinda, like, and Hilda just kind of smiles and is like, all right, okay, this guy's all right. Yeah, I mean, she's <laughs> always been highborn, so I guess she really never considered that. But uh, mm-hmm. she mentions to him, it's like, hey, if you want them to surrender really quickly, just say you won't prosecute them. And so he's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So they do that, and... uh it cuts to an inner. Uh, it cuts to a scene of Trunin and the High Council talking about what they should do. Trunin says they should surrender because they have no chance militarily of ever stopping these people from blowing up everything. Um, Islands is there, and, and Trunin is Trunin is like the concept of survivalism made flesh. Like yeah. whenever there's any option, he takes whatever is going to work. He, he's, he has no he scruples is the guy or shame. Who's always, yeah, he's just looking out for number one. And if anyone else gets caught under the tires as the truck is leaving, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. So Islands is saying that, you know, you're retained democracy. We can't give up to these, you know, Imperials or whatever. And Trinan's like, you're corrupt as hell, bitch. Like, yeah, I love you have Trinan's no way of like, pointing. like, he's like, he pulls down his pants in front of the entire <laughs> fucking council. It's like, hmm, yeah, how about that getaway with your mistress that you funded with campaign funds? Hmm, how about that? <laughs> like, he opens up to like Trinan's like, because he's trying to lecture him. He's like, the people elected you so that you could protect democracy. It's not your right to give it away and give up 250 years of progress. And then yet, Trina just like looks over. He's like, I remember when you came to my house with a silver vase in the middle of the night and demanded and like begged me for a position. <laughs> and then also, yeah, campaign funds, taking bribes from this person. He's just like, man... Don't act like you give a fuck now. <laughs> it like, is way too he's, late he's to act like, like Don't we give, give a me shit. one of your political fucking speeches. I know what you are. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I have fucking, like, that's the thing, too, is it's like clearly Trunit just has a black book with, like, every oh, yeah. shitty thing everyone <laughs> has done. I mean, <laughs> it's just, if nothing else, Trunit is very shrewd in what he does, and he's good at it. So, yeah, and, yeah. And, and there's not a person in the room who is unaware of this, I'm sure, by this point. Like, the entire oh, yeah, fucking yeah, council. Yeah, dirt on everyone. Yeah. Trunin's a rat bastard, but by God, he does, 
he has a lot of experience pumped into being a rat bastard. Mm-hmm. He's quite, yeah, he's quite talented. Level 99 piece of shit. <laughs> True it. <laughs> so, um, Island's is saying, well, you know, we could still stall out and maybe hope that Yang can, you know, destroy the Galactic Empire, or this kill Ryan, which would throw the Galactic Empire into turmoil and all that. And Trudin, I guess, is still mad. Like, he's still using Yang as a scapegoat because he says, like, well, Yang destro- destroyed our defenses, you know, the Artemis necklace and all that. And then we have Bukak, who's been sitting in the corner silent the entire time, says that, you know, that necklace was pretty much useless. It doesn't matter because it only, it, its power is only the, uh, dependent on the people who are using it behind the scenes, and we're all corrupt. And, well, I guess not Bukak, but the rest of them are. And, um,. Mm. He, had, he said a couple things, like he said the citizens have turned the rules over to the politicians instead of participating themselves. So in a way, they are complicit in the fall of this democracy. And the downfall of democracy is on all of its civilians, uh, all of its citizens, not just individual people. So uh, I have Bukag about the choke a bitch, but the, he, uh, he says he was going to defend democracy even if it kills him. And he like, gets up and goes around the table to try to, I guess, choke out Trudent. He goes over and puts his hand on his shoulder very sternly. Yeah. And I was sort of, I was like, sort of like, what's his plan? He doesn't have a firearm. I'm sure he oh. has the know-how to snap his neck or something. Mm-hmm. But the Earth Church uh, busts through the door, steps in, and takes him away. Because um, mm. Trunin, I guess, has contingency plans. Um, we then cut to a scene of a bunch of just Free Planet Alliance soldiers. I guess the, the remainder of Yang's fleet just chilling on a ship, and they're wondering about what's going to happen in the future. Like, they realize they're all going to probably be out of jobs, and, like, what's going to happen to their democracy. None of them want to be under Reinhardt or his rule. They all have... The- they're talking about how, like, they're going to set up a facade, they're going to have a false government for a bit, it's going to be a joke, it's just going to be a bunch of puppets, and then they'll take that courtesy away from us. Like, yeah. You know, like- they're also thinking that the government betrayed the civilian government betrayed them because they, you know, they were about to win and then, you know, they got called off. But it just shows that there's they have no idea what's going on either. Um, we get a scene of Julian uh, walking in on Shenkop, who was getting quite drunk at this point. Um, he Shenkop starts, of course, playing devil's advocate immediately, and uh, he Julian has to defend Yang's actions. Like, why did your mentor do this? We could have won, sort of thing. Um, mm. Julian is saying it's that- a lot of discussion uh, that we'll get into, I'm sure, but about uh, just the slide into military rule and like, is it worth defending? How deep do you have to go defending it? And then, of course, Chen Cop coming back with like, well, would it have saved more and like enabled In democracy run, yeah. to make this decision? Yeah, they talk about like if soldiers should take immoral orders and whether or not it's on them to you know do what their government tells them and whatnot. Yeah, he ends up like, getting Julian's discussion, goat, which is funny. Yeah, you can tell he's just, like, trying to prod Julian from every angle until he cracks a little bit, and he gets him. Yeah, that's like, he's just kind of like, oh, just fuck, I'm sorry, you're not Yang, I shouldn't be trying to crack you open like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because he's like, well, what if our government, you know, gave us an order to kill a bunch of innocent people? He's like, well, then obviously we wouldn't do that, but, you know, that's an exception. Other than that exception, we need to follow their orders. He's like, you realize that they're probably going to turn over Yang to the Galactic Empire as like you know to, to, as part of the peace treaty. They're probably going to kill Yang, and then Julian. That that's the thing that yeah. immediately makes Julian just go like "fuck that," <laughs> just like <laughs> scream like right away. <laughs> and Jacob's like, "Whoa, calm it, soldier." <laughs> so we get another scene of uh, Hildegard thanking Myra and Thal for going along with her plan because it's obvious that you know that is what won the day in the end. Um, Rutenthal is one surprised that Reinhardt actually lived and two surprised that the Free Planet Alliance just rolled over so easily. Um, 
Yeah, it's like mid-sentence, he has like an inner monologue saying, Christ, they're spineless. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, they muse over the fact that they've seen the destruction of three empires, and it's actually three years, not five, like I have in the notes. Um, and mm. They saw the Gold Bob Dynasty go down, uh, Fazant go down, and now the Free Planet Alliance go down. Well, the words he said, it was like the historians will envy us or something like that. Yeah, that they're seeing such you know historical actions happen within their lifetimes. Um, we get a scene of Yang with all of his uh, underlings at like a t- round table talking about what they're going to do in the future. Um, the first thing is Yang tells Murkatz that he needs to leave immediately because the Free Planet Alliance government may try giving up Murkatz as part of you know the legit government in exile uh, as part of um, the peace treaty. Um, Plus, he's he- also basically a traitor. Yeah, so that too. <laughs> they would they would most definitely put him to death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Yang tells him to take some of the extra ships they got lying around and hide with them because the Free Planet Alliance is probably not going to have a military after all the peace treaty and negotiation stuff. And Yang's just like, oh, well, let's tell them they blow up in battle. It's not like they're going to be able to count for them anyway. So, um, yeah, Yang tells Murkaz really just go become a space pirate. Uh, he brings up Sherwood Forest and, you know, Robin Hood's man- merry band of men and all that. And he even says, like, take my best boys, take the best ships. Yeah, Poplin Poplin doesn't want to go back, so he's like, shit, I'll be a pirate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Rosenbitters want to go too, because obviously they hate the Galactic Empire. Yeah, and, and as uh, soon as you offer Rosenritters to be pirates, you know they like one of them just like had an eye patch in his pocket and was like, yeah. "My time." The blonde hair <laughs> dude is just like, "Hell yeah, hell yeah, pirate!" <laughs> yeah, so the Rosenritters are like, "Yeah, thanks, Yang. We love being space pirates. You're the greatest." And Kazern's like, "This is how military governments happen. Don't you know swear yeah, fealty to like, I swear fe- he's like, "Fuck the government. I swear fe- swear fealty to Yang." And then Kazern's just like, "Dog, watch it." And then everyone just starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we once they all leave the room, Yang's left there with Frederica, and he's apologizing to her for his his actions in the last, like actually, you know, withholding, uh, killing Reinhardt, and you know, adhering to the unconditional surrender. And he says, like, it's weird that if anyone else other than me had done it, I would have called him an idiot. And Frederica's, I guess, fine with that because she's like, I don't care what you do, I'm in love. And I guess they fuck on the desk because she was giving him the eyes. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the last scene of the episode is Reinhardt in his ship lamenting that the one victory he ever truly wanted to defeat Yang was actually given to him outside of his control. And he's kind of having an ironic but sad laugh about it. It's kind of, God damn it. And then we go to the next episode, which opens up with them discussing the that specific God damn it, which is them talking about like, who actually won, like... Yeah, the narrator. Someone won strategically, someone won tactically, and both of them feel like they failed. Like, Reinhardt is just super pissed that he didn't actually win. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, as the Galactic Empire won strategically in the end, the Free Planet Alliance won tactically. Both sides had, like, periodic uh, losses in that they lost, like, I think it said, like, 80% of their ships. On yeah, the, both, like sides, of, both sides lost yeah. about 80-ish percent, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like eighty percent of ships and like seventy-two to seventy-five percent of of like uh, like human lives. So yeah, rough. it was like yeah. two and a half million. I think was the final total, which is staggering. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows that Mercats got away with sixty odd ships or whatever, and uh, the, uh, I think it was Shenkop was saying like compared to the Emperor's remaining forty thousand, that's absolutely nothing, but it's at least something for the future. Uh, we have the scene of. 
so this is the part of the uh, episode, I guess, where Yang finally meets Reinhardt. He has taken on a shuttle to Reinhardt's uh, flagship. And as he's boarding, like a whole bunch of Galactic Empire troops are looking at him and like, is this, is this the guy? He doesn't really like, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the- it's great. Like he even thinks to himself, like Yang's like, sorry, I'm disappointing you. Sorry. <laughs> God damn it. I know. I know you're expecting more. I'm sorry. I'm actually a schlub. <laughs> yeah, it's like they they they're used to Reinhardt, who's this you know just towers above people, and he's just it, he just you know shown anime like as being commanding, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's like he's he's shown as like this beautiful person who's like so charismatic, and the Yang just stumbles in, kind of like, well, this is the right ship. Sorry. <laughs> so hey, Yang, is this, hey guys, is this, do you guys have a? Do you guys have a Hooters over here? There was one on Israelone. <laughs> if we could meet in the Hooters, that'd be dope. Hey no guys, Hooters? okay, Yang, yeah, sure. Candy Brandy. So uh, Yang meets Muller, who was there. Um, Muller compliments Yang, saying like, if he had been born in the Free Planet Alliance, he would have loved to work under Muller. And if uh, Yang had been born in the Galactic Empire, he would have. Uh, I think I think he said he would have been picnicking or something. I don't. Remember. Yeah, he would have enjoyed being retired or picnicking. Yeah. Oh, he said he would have enjoyed taking an afternoon nap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would like to be taking it out. He's like, yeah. If, I guess that I is pretty ambiguous as to whether he's on duty still at the point or not. <laughs> yeah. So um, Yang and Ryan meet. They go into the room and Yang meets Reinhardt for the first time. Um, they pretty much cut to the chase immediately. Reinhardt wants to offer Yang in a position of like uh, admiralty, Imperial Ad- Fleet Admiral, which I guess would make him above Mittenmeyer Runenthal. Because they're both admirals. I believe so. My I thought think it would have just been one of his they dudes. They would be even, I think. Yeah. I, I, I thought, thought it was would a be higher even. position than them, but um, he I thought, I thought they already had the highest position, pretty much. Yeah, I think they were already fleet admirals at this well, point. I thought, so I, thought, I think it would just be even. I, I was pretty sure that Reinhardt himself was the fleet admiral, and then Mittenmeyer and Rutenthal were admirals below him. Hmm. I'm not sure, actually, now that it's all said and done, and like he's kind of the emperor now. Well, yes. More than. A fleet emperor, a fleet, fleet emperor. That's, <laughs> that's a new just, position. I, I kind of group all of the dudes together under Reinhardt, so I figured he was just pretty much saying, "Hey, come and join my crew of dudes." Which, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Yang refuses, as expected. Um, if Yang had been born on the, he says that if he had been born under the emperor, he would have volunteered for Reinhardt's fleet because he, I guess, implicitly agrees with the changes that Reinhardt has made. Uh, murder and war aside but since he had been born in a democracy like he feels that that is too ingrained in him to you know trade sides i guess at this point yeah he says you know i'm i'm very used to the taste of our water and i would rather not you know drink your water they say drinking too much of you know another nation's water can make you ill like yeah. that kind of thing um reinhardt asked yang if he value why he values democracy so much um, when it bore people like the Virgil Rudolph Goldblum dynasty and, you know, Truman allowing him to lose. But Yang counters and says that fire shouldn't be denied because arson exists, which I guess is a good point. Then, yeah, he's just saying, like, he's like, yeah, man, like, we can cook shit. You don't have to, you can't just burn down yeah, houses. Yeah, but then <laughs> Reinhardt counters that should dictatorships be denied because tyrants exist. And Reinhard, and Yang says it does because in dictatorships, the failures can fall on a single person. When democracies, everybody is responsible um, this kind of takes Reinhardt aback that he would speak like this freely, and like Yang's just like, oh, I'm just bringing up counterpoints, dude. Like, I don't want to make you pissed off or anything. Because yeah, because there was one point too where Reinhardt was just like, 
am I not charismatic enough of a leader? Is that it? And Yang's like, oh, no, dog. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. No, I would have volunteered. Like, that's where he brings that yeah. up. He's just like, I would have volunteered if I was born over there, dog. I would have been, like, mad into serving you. But, like, sorry, I I got my shit. <laughs> I got my shit and I got a stick. So uh, Reinhardt asked Yang if there's, like, even democracies, you have to work with people you don't like and, like, why would you do that when you could get rid of them as an authoritarian or whatever? And Yang brings up that he hates cowards that, you know, hide behind the back lines and send people off to their death, which I guess Reinhardt agrees with, because that's the one thing Reinhardt has going for him is that he's always been on the front lines fighting for his own mm-hmm. fight. Um, he brings up the fact that Bukok is going to try to take responsibility for all of the failures. And he says that Yang's Yang says that he shouldn't shoulder all that burden. Um, Reinhardt doesn't want to be vengeful about any of this. Because, I mean, despite the fact that Ryan has in the past been a bit vengeful, he tries to curb it every once in a while when he thinks about Kilke Ice or whatever, so. And a lot of it is, it seems like, he doesn't want to seek out vengeful acts. Like, he's not trying to be vengeful. It's yeah. just, he did have his things he started off with, and they're pretty justified in his yeah. eyes. But like, I think he got it out of his just... system with the, uh, the nobility being purged and all that stuff. Also... <laughs> Like, it just doesn't seem like he really has a grudge against Yang and all of them. Like, he's mm-hmm. aware. You know, he understands. He's I mean, he a had, a, he had like, a working, like, a professional grudge, I guess you could say, against him. But yeah, now, since exactly. he's seen Yang like, as he a... He was just like, man, I hate how good this guy is at baseball. I don't want to kill him, but, like, man, I wish I was that good at baseball. That's kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, he asked. He asked Yang what he would do with his freedom, and Yang immediately answers that he would retire, which is funny because that's like kind of what Yang was trying to do the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Retirement, been saying it for years. So, um, right, the meeting ends there, and I guess implicitly Reinhardt agrees to Yang retiring. Um, he Reinhardt eventually lands on Heineson in the ship uh, to a whole bunch of his troops cheering him. He's doing the walk. He's doing the West Wing walk down through the government offices talking with Oberstein and Hildegard, and I guess Mitt Meyer and Thaler there too. Um, as a recap, the legitimate government in exile have all killed themselves. Um, Murkatz is dead. Um, cause I He's guess reported dead. Yeah, reported that's, dead. The, that's the forest Ro- boys. Roy yeah. and Tall, I don't know if it's just Roy and Tall's tone or what, but he just sounds like he doesn't trust it. He just kind of goes, yeah. oh, well, it was like, really? Yeah, someone someone was like, hey, where's yeah, where's Meerkatz? And he's like, oh, Meerkatz died in battle. He's like, that's convenient. okay. Huh. Yeah, weird. Fancy that. <laughs> and uh, the little Kaiser brat is missing in action. Oh, Oberstein says that they should chase after him, but Reinhardt's like, I don't give a shit about that kid. Uh, Oberstein is now putting together a team to do all the administrative Free Plan Alliance government stuff um, since he's taking over and switching governments. Uh, Oberstein wants to adopt the policy of impoverishing the citizens. He thinks that since the Free Plan Alliance is no longer to spend 30% of their GDP on the military, that they may have an economic resurgence, and he doesn't want them becoming a second Fazan. Uh, Yeah, he doesn't want them getting so much economic influence that they start fucking with shit, more or less. Yeah. There is a we cut to a scene of Frederick and Yang looking at houses, I guess, on their computer or something. And, their uh, computer phone. Yeah. yeah, that's where you look for your houses now. Computer phones. Z- Zola's got the new app. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zern calls him up. Uh, he says that Dusty, Bukok, and Shenkop are all uh, retired. They are now civilians. Um, he also brings up that the Merca, uh, that they're kind of looking for the ships. That he wants to talk to Yang about the whole. I got a. I'm sorry to interrupt. I had a question. This is more of a more of an open question, I guess, since it's topical right now. 
What exactly do you think Shinkop would do in retirement? <laughs> would he open a knife shop? I think MMA. Yeah, I was about yeah, to say he would probably MMA, MMA. Big time. Okay. You would Sorry about that. that. I was just, or... just genuinely curious. <laughs> That or he would host like his own version of Forged in Fire, where all you made was axes. Oh yeah, <laughs> I could fucking and he would yeah. Be the weapon tester, yeah. Like they would just he would just be like, all right, I'm gonna test it out on the ham slice, and it's like hundreds of pigs lined up, and he's just like, I love this part of this show. Hiya! It's like starts down the hallway, just like the new Rosa written hogs. line of cold steel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, because Zern wants to talk to Yang about uh, what Murkatz is doing with his 60 ships or whatever, but Yang kind of gives him the shushing because they're on a video phone that's probably tapped or whatever. Yeah. Hey, what about Sherwood? Yeah. There is a 150% chance we have been tapped at this point. Please, we were probably tapped like a year ago. Let's be real, guys. We shouldn't We shouldn't be having this problem. Yeah, he also Using brings up- old bugs. <laughs> He also brings up the Yang that the Free Planet Alliance military is getting decommissioned as part of the uh, peace treaty. Uh-huh. Um, we cut to Trunit signing the peace treaty. Uh, he then goes on television, takes responsibility for the failures and resigns. And this causes a whole ton of riots because people felt that they have been sold out by the guy who sold them out. They even mentioned that, like... Uh, at first, people like the Galactic Empire was a little worried there would be some like revolts and insurrections and stuff. And then... Sure enough, it's just like, no, actually, turns out everybody hated Trunit more than Reinhardt. <laughs> Fucked up. <laughs> like, turns out everybody just hated that fucker. <laughs> so as part of the peace treaty, the Free Planet Alliance, for the most part, keeps anonymity. Anonymity. I can say that word. Anonymity. Autonomy. Autonomy. Oh, yes, Autonomy. thank you. Autonomy. Um, yeah. Islands is talking to his buddy, musing over the fact that it's funny that they now have autonomy, despite the fact that they'd be called border rebels before and that they have technically always been under the influence of the galactic empire but Mm -hmm. uh they also know that whoever gets set up even though they'll have a high council the galactic empire is going to set in a council and that person is going to become the de facto ruler and they wonder if they're going to have any sorts of freedoms with that ruler doing what they want well they mentioned that um he would become the de facto ruler if every position that was like above him was vacated Mm -hmm. so what they're kind of saying is like, no, we need to keep it together. We need to keep going as best as we can and try and hold this together because they're waiting for a chance for they're like basically they're saying the Galactic Empire is just waiting for a single chance for them to slip. Yeah, so, so they can that just they take can it over. take down the facade. Yeah, they can just be like, okay, enough of pretend government time. Let's take we're we are taking over now. Like as soon as any kind of corruption comes up, anything like that. You know, they they just know they're going to take the chance and they're looking for it super hard. So that's when the guy who I think it was the same guy who was being called out for corruption earlier, uh, Island, right? Yeah. Was talking about well, this? I mean, everybody on the high council is corrupt as hell. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, just specifically the one who was being called out by Trunit, uh, he's kind of having a moment of resolve and being like, man. I got fucked up hard. Well, the, guy was the guy was talking with uh, Huang Louis at this point. Wasn't Islands? Islands has a gray hair. This was uh, the dude. Wasn't this the dude who was tied to the press and what have you previously? Who was saying like, like when they were trying to leak stuff when Yang was being held? It was a Leblo, him, maybe. I, I think it, I think it a was. A lot of the high council people look the same, so it's hard to tell. I think apart. it was Leblo because Islands had gray hair and this guy yeah. had brown hair. And at first, I was like, "That's no, that's not Islands." Okay. So Reinhardt is talking to Oberstein about who is going to become the new uh, consul in the Free Planet Alliance territories. Um, (laughs) 
he originally goes to Rutenthal, and uh, Oberstein is like, no, Rutenthal's too important militarily. We can't leave him back here. So then he's yeah, like, what about R- Lenkamp? R- he's like, I don't yeah. fucking know. Uh, Lennon Camp, I guess. Mm. Oberstein was great, too, because, yeah, Reinhardt's like, yeah, no, I thought about it. Rutenthal will be great. He's he's pointed enough that he'll be able to make military decisions when need be. I think he's smart enough to run the government. And you just kind of see Oberstein just for a second to be like, hmm. <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir, I disagree. Okay, Lennon camped. Mm, Jesus, dude, who do you want? <laughs> yeah, so Oberstein says the Lennon camp's not a good pick either, but Reinhardt goes with it because he can just sack him if he's bad. He doesn't really yeah, care about that. He's on the three much. strikes rule. He's like, well, he's going to fuck up one more time, then out the window he goes. Yeah. Oberstein knows that Lennon camp is going to be a problem, but he doesn't say anything about it to Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he knows Lenkamp's going to be a problem, but he seems more concerned about Rutenthal. Uh, Rutenthal, obviously. Yeah. He'd rather yeah. put a stupid <laughs> idiot in charge who's going to fuck it up than an incompetent person that's going to fuck things up. Mm-hmm. So um, we get a scene of Hildegard telling Reinhardt that Trunet wants to meet him, and Reinhardt kind of throws a temper tantrum here. Immediately like he does it the whips, no. <laughs> Oh, it whips so much ass, because, yeah, like... She walks in and she's just like, Trunet is here to see you. Should May I let him in? And then he just like flips his chair around 180 degrees away from her and is just like, no. <laughs> like like a child would do. Just like, if you can't see me, you can't let him in. Yeah. No. Also, uh, also, I love just how much he hates him. And also just as a reminder, this is the he knows this is the dude who pushed the surrender button, so to speak. Yeah, so he thinks that, he's a yeah, coward. That really drives in for him. That, yeah. Also, he knows that Yang hates him. And, uh-huh. like, again, there is still a bit of reverence for Yang. Even if he is frustrated, he never got his victory. Yeah. yeah. So Hildegard says, listen, you got a man up. You can't just be a pussy and, you know, not talk to these people. So she tells Reinhardt that Trunet wants to be a Galactic Empire citizen and go work someplace in the Galactic Empire. And Ryan's like, well, that's because he betrayed his people, obviously. Just do whatever. Get him out of my sights. So Yeah, because... He, at first, he's just like, fuck it, we'll throw him out a window. I don't give a shit. And then Hilda's like, we did promise we wouldn't do that, and we need to keep that promise, or else people are going to freak out, and we need to make sure this assimilation is slow. Like, we need to take the slow and easy, <laughs> yeah. avoid yeah, revolutions. He says he wants to throw that piece of trash out a window, which is great. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, like okay, he fine. He's just what's like, he, I'm going to demonstrate that bitch. <laughs> what, what's he want? Uh, he wants a job and safety. Fine. I don't have to meet him now, do I? <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I approved it. Now, fuck off. Sorry. <laughs> By the way, Hilda, sorry. Sorry. I didn't, actually, that actually, wait, you. That, that's not an apology yet. No, this this is an early apology. That was kind yeah, of a he, weird he line. Tells Hilda that he can't thank her for telling Mittenmeyer and Rutenthal to go sack Heinison, But, like, in time, he may be able to be humble enough. It was a really weird not apology. It, it seemed like he was just kind of... He had reprimanded her for taking action, you know, without express permission, yeah. basically. Uh, and he, he's just, he basically admits like, I know you saved my life. I know what you did is the right thing. I'm still kind of mad about it. I'm working on it. I'll probably tell you thanks in a while. Yeah. I, th- I think Sorry, that's, that's I have probably, brain problems. Yeah. That's probably what more of it was. I think the translation was a little terse on it, but yeah, it was basically like he's, he was apologizing, but he's still mad was the idea, I guess. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah it, it's like, he's like, he understands and he's grateful for what the outcome was. But he personally, like, he, he is not capable yet of thanking her. It's still, like, his brain stuff is holding he's him back. He's still a grumpy baby. He's admitting. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, I still see images of my dead friends, and that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we get a scene of Kona visiting Yang um, for, I guess, the first time in, like, 15 years or something like that. He's uh, complaining to Yang that, like, he lost his ship, obviously, because it got blown up when Julian did that whole capture of the destroyer stuff. And he's like, well, no one in the FBA is around anymore. I can't get them to reimburse my ship. And Yang says, well, I can pull a f- few strings for you, but you got to get Julian to Earth. And so I guess he's going along with that because he wants his ride back. Um, back on Earth, by the way, the transition to Earth shows the planet Terra, and then it's the Terraists on Earth, mm-hmm. which God, is fantastic. Yeah, beautiful. That's that's what they call the Earth cult. Yeah, it's literally Terraists. And it, mm, guys, <laughs> and I don't I know love, if they do that. I fun. love how their home base <laughs> is just inside of an, a villainous mountain. It's not yeah, like, it's like in the it's like in the Himalayas or something. <laughs> it is so fantastic because it's not like here's an extravagant building or here's a ruined city. It's like no. Meanwhile, in the depths of the mountains. Yeah, so we get to see. Get that He Man! Finally! (laughs) Yeah, it's like the Grand Bishop and some other dude, like, underlaying, like, in these fancy ass robes in, like, a stalactite Mm. cave talking about. Got burning brazers and all that stuff nearby. There's, like, fucking gems all over the room. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Yeah, so they uh, talk about how they've lost Trunit at this point. Well, they've lost not Trunit, but, like, any political influence he has. Yeah, and Digsby died, and he's like, yes, excellent! Um, they bring up that they have another card that they can play in the Emperor if he lives long enough. So I'll let you figure out who that is. Yeah, um, wink. They know that Fazan is too unpredictable at this point because it's in a state of transition. It's still occupied by the Galactic Empire. Plus, they don't know where Rubinsky is, so they don't know what's happening there anymore. And yeah. they even talk about straight up. He's like, yeah, we haven't been able to get a hold of Rubinsky. He's like, yeah, that sucks. And he's like, you know Rubinsky's going to traitor us, right? And he's like, yeah, no shit, man. I knew that since, like, day one. But whatever. As long as as long as long the actions he's taking while attempting to traitor us are beneficial, I don't give a shit. He's, <laughs> he's basically doing what he said. He's doing a wicked good Trunic impression right now. Just vanished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a scene of Oberstein. So I guess Oberstein chased down the Kaiser's... Uh, representative person in waiting i don't know what the official title would be the the person who's taking care of the kid and forced yeah. him since the kid isn't you know of legal age forced him to sign the documents so now reinhardt is the rightful and i guess a legal leader of the galactic empire since the kid mm-hmm. abdicated um and the last scene of episode 54 is reinhardt walking up to the throne uh getting his crown on and then wishing his sister and Kilky Ice were there. And then not sitting on the chair nah, for he's a too good very for long time. He's, <laughs> he's very he spends an extended period of time standing while everyone waits for him to sit on the chair and then does something I imagine didn't look great to the room full of people around him where his eyes like light up because as he turns around he has a hallucination of his sister and Kilky Ice on either side of the throne and he's just kind of like <gasps> and I'm sure everyone else is just like is is he doing all right? I mean, he's been pretty busy. Maybe he's just—he's having, he's he's having an episode. He's just a bit high. <laughs> if you he probably just needs a day off or something. <laughs> if you mention it, he'll have you put to death. Just don't worry about it. Yeah, it's just a thing he does. Yeah, no, he yells his sister's name. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's weird. It's a weird tip. <laughs> So um, that wraps up season two. Uh, we still have two more seasons which to go, but um, I guess we're going to take the second part of this episode to kind of think, talk about what we've seen so far. Uh, we wrote up a couple questions. Yeah. Like, Ty, what do you think as a first-time viewer of this series? What were your expectations, I guess, going in, and what have you Man. seen 
they match up. I had heard, I, I had heard uh, a lot about it from like the political angle, and I had seen uh, Zorak had posted you know screenshots here and there of uh, different like subtitles and stuff, and I think you have too. Uh, so I knew it got into some heavy stuff. Um, what's been catching me off guard is how well they set it up and how well they set up the characters and make sure the motivations are clear and that they make sure to write both sides not in a negative or positive light. Like, it feels bizarre having two sides at war in something like this being actually written yeah. fairly evenly. Especially with, like, like the it, track record animes have in this sort of situation. Yeah, yeah, like, there's no clear good or bad side, you know. We don't have a, you know, a Char. We don't have anything like that. We have... Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because they try writing Char good in some stuff and it doesn't work out. It doesn't work. Yeah, they've tried it and it never works. And so it's weird seeing it like accomplished well and done well. Yeah, I mean, you know, quattro Bajinas aside. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's that's been fascinating. Um, Sometimes the directness with which they broach topics is... Yeah, the uh, the author obviously had some points honestly. he wanted to make with the series, and it does feel a bit ham-handed in some scenes, a bit too direct, in my opinion. But yeah, like it's weird because it's a mix of like this subtlety, but occasionally there will just be a moment of them sitting down and being like, looking straight at right. the camera. Dictatorships yeah, are bad. Yeah, looking into the camera <laughs> and being like, "Is war good? Probably not." <laughs> um. Yeah. It. it it does raise a lot of questions. It raises questions very regularly and in a way that, generally speaking, feels pretty respectful. Um, what I did not expect is the parallels to be so agonizingly close to, uh, <laughs> you know... That was one of my other questions on here. What parallels do you see with this show with present-day politics? <laughs> weird. weird. I don't how see I don't- it. Oh, that's fucked up. How I kind of super don't want to talk about that, but at the same time, yeah. yep, yep. I'm just gonna assume anyone who's here by episode twelve gets it, <laughs> like understands. Hey, this is being recorded in uh, June 2018. So if for some reason you're a historian and decided to go back to like you know a podcast about an anime <laughs> for your references, um. Yeah, June June twenty seventh, twenty eighteen. Just just look it up, just feel some it out. Things were see happening. How you feel. <laughs> yeah, some stuff was going on. You know, we had some garbage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I guess a question for G up and, I, and for me as well. Um, we've both seen the series before in its completion. Um, is there anything that stuck out to you with like an additional viewing? Um, I mean, like for me, aside from the translation being a bit more clear, I mean, not particularly. I mean, I've forgotten because it's been so long. I'd forgotten a lot of the nuances, but I still remember most of what's going on. I I say for me, like when I first saw the viewing of this, like I, I guess maybe at the time it was, God, I got to think about this now. It may have been close to eight-ish years ago like i was was... i guess i wasn't as politically conscious in real life back then as i am now and so like a lot of the things that this series talks about and you know it none like it didn't like resonate with me as much about the current events that are happening yeah yeah because it seemed uh i know when i was watching was oh six oh seven and you know i know that that many years ago um 
it was further back for me by a little bit, but I know that still that's a pretty fair amount of time for both of us. And even even you know discounting current political ongoings, there's the whole thing of you know yourself politically versus right now versus your political mindset so many other years ago and how much yeah. more cognizant you are as you get older. It's yeah. a whole different ball game. So there is a lot more parallels now as opposed yeah. to way back I, when I where you're that- like you're like huh. It's like thanks for that that democracy. Oh well, (laughs) it's like how a huge part of the value of history is, you know, seeing the natural cycles and the ways things shake out. Mm -hmm. You know, it tends to be consistent across time. Yeah, I mean, like history is inoculation the future mistakes. Exactly, and so having seen more, I guess having experienced more of that, because obviously you can read as much as you want, but you'll never get the same level of experience as being there. Yeah, getting slapped Um, in the face with it, you're like, oh, this shit does go in circles. Yeah, it's funny that this episode had this scene of Hildegard, uh, Mitt and Maya Ruthall, talking about how they're seeing, witnessing history at that point, and like I feel now more than eight years ago when I first watched it, like history is being made more regularly in that regard, so like a lot of this is kind of eerily reminiscent. But, yeah. Um, I got a note here. Uh, what do you guys think of the Reinhardt and Yang dichotomy between the two? I mean, they're obviously shown as different opposing sides of in their ideals of what they think is right. And both of them are obviously trying to do what is right, but they both have different methods mm-hmm. to it. Do you think there's, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Man. <laughs> <laughs> Man, fuck. I mean, uh, like they both have—they're both shown to have both strengths and weaknesses in their style. I mean, Reinhardt is obviously more direct in everything. He feels more passionately about his projects. His projects. He feels more passionately about what he's doing. He has more direct control over what he's doing. At the same time, his. I don't know. His control is single-minded in the fact that he's doing and everybody listens to him. He doesn't have yeah. the ability to listen to the people and around him and take them into their consideration. The the other thing that I think is really interesting is uh, it, it's easy to see, and I think it would be a mistake to try and compare Reinhardt and Yang one-to-one. And I think, obviously, uh, you know, it seems like that's what the media inside of the show would try and paint it as. But in reality... They're super different people. Like, yeah. Yang would not be able to... Like, if you switch the roles, they wouldn't be able to accomplish oh, yeah. each other's shit. Like, Reinhardt would have snapped at this... I mean, Reinhardt did snap. That's kind of what started this... All of it. Yeah, like 10, 15 <laughs> years ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and Yang, I don't think, is capable of that. So, it, it kind of comes back to the declaration of, you know, some people value human life above all other things. Some don't. And when those ideologies come into conflict, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just Yang is, he sticks to his guns on that at the very least. It, I mean, they both mm. are principled people. I don't, I don't think there's any instance in the show when either of them have compromised on their principles. I mean, I can't think of yeah. any, any situations of that. It's just, I mean, the fact that Reinhardt is a benevolent dictator, in, which is good because he can amount for change quickly, but all feelings are on him if he does something wrong and he doesn't have the not not so much the the ear and hearts of the people but like he can't account for all of them he just does what he thinks is right not what they tell him or at least elect him to do mm. and it's it's weird seeing game too because everybody at least being brought up in a democracy re- a republic anyway they 
we we go automatically the kind of default well since Yang is you know in the on the democratic side we believe his you know he's the person in the right but he also has feelings in the fact that like while he is very considerate of the troops and people under him he doesn't take any initiative to help them any more than he really has to yeah and like if he had say the drive that Reinhardt had would have things been different on either side oh, absolutely if you'd swap sides, yeah, Reinhardt would have immediately ignored that order and killed him. Like, that's not even... I don't think that's debatable. I yeah. think that's something you could observe. Like, you could say, would Reinhardt have killed Yang in that situation? Well, I mean, Reinhardt was literally pissed off that Yang didn't kill him. So I'm gonna say that's a yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, as as he left, he was like, I can't believe that son of a bitch didn't shoot me! What a <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> so, I think it's pretty clear cut in that regard. Um... As far as who is right, that's man, that's that's pretty nuanced. I mean, which side? <laughs> I, it was more which side? Which uh, when I say side, I was in, uh, thinking of governments at the time. Which government structure is in the yeah. right? I mean, and I'm just. I mean, obviously, I'm huge for democracy, and I'm kind of with Yang on the whole. You can't blame fire for arson you know when it comes to that kind of or like it, even because arson exists you know fire is still valuable yeah um i i yeah feel it's interesting um seeing the parallels of the corrupt democracy in this show with what's going on present day and it, it's mm-hmm. right that he says that the failures of the democracy are on his citizens and like i feel that many people are starting at least in real life waking up to that i mean if you look at for example mm-hmm. midterm elections recently there are way more turnouts than had been in previous years and in a way the corruption of this democracy is hopefully correcting itself by people becoming more involved Um, yeah democracy is a slow fixer too unfortunately um the nature of the beast is that it is a slow process and it can be made to be a faster process but um those unfortunately we'll need to get this We'll need to, you know, get the slow parts out, and then we can start speeding yeah, but like it up. Thinking but about the slow it, the, people put parts. The changes, <laughs> yeah. the changes to make it go faster would fall into the authoritarian line. Like, I mean, for example. Oh, I just mean like making voting easier, oh. counting it better, <laughs> shit like that. Like, well, yes, easy but, I, stuff. but I mean, like for example, well, legislative stuff would be at least in the American Republic system of mm. democracy. Legislative stuff would go a lot faster if, say, we abolish the Senate. But that would be more we authoritative. Need reform. I mean, yeah. for me, I'm more of a this needs. This is a reform issue. This is a policy issue. This is we need to find ways to do better. Get a person who has these issues in the forefront like, of their thought into office. Well, just our democracy sucks shit. But like, <laughs> there is good democracy. We can do it. We just you know. Again, it's kind of on the citizens because it got, you know, it, it let slip. People have to been this too level. complacent. And that's one of the things that with that history episode we saw a while back is that during the prior to the Goldbaum dynasty starting in the show, uh, democracy it was like the golden age of spaceflight. But then, like, a hundred years of nothing happened. So people became complacent with everything. And, like, and the, it was like talking about how people were just like looking for anything to kind of give them entertainment or pleasure or anything like that. And then, like, Stuff started declining. People stopped paying attention to government. Corruption started rising. Yeah, all that. Yeah, all it's that funny. Stuff. The show mentions, like, the moral decay. But, like, at the same time, I think the political... The decay of political awareness is a bigger if issue in that regard. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think putting things on moral decay is very... It feels kind outdated. of scapegoat in a way, but... Yeah, it is. It is. It is. I but mean, I mean it is. It, it really same, is. It's the same, though, like, if, you're, if you're, you know, 
out for you know if you're doing hedonistic shit every day i doubt you really care about the going on of yeah the government. if you're going too deep for sure yeah and then that is its own problem and that's a problem of you know treatment and making sure people understand where they're needed in society and how they're needed in society and then getting them back into that society all things and I, I hope in a way moderation. like the show obviously likes to parrot the idea that this sort of thing runs in cycles and like seeing they fall into decay is obviously going to always come in reformations of some sort. Either the democracy is going to the collapse or there's going to be some sort of reformations that fix the problems. And yeah. we, I guess in the show we're at that point as uh, in a government entity or a foreign power has invaded and overtaken the government. And I'm wondering what sort of things are going to happen in real life to get this back on track. <laughs> yeah, I hope man. it's not the foreign powers invading. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. So, um... Man. <laughs> Man. I've just depressed myself. Where do you think Legend the show's going, the, Ty? Legend of the fucking way too real heroes. <laughs> Legend of depression. Legend of... Man, I thought I was just gonna... You ever get really drunk and, like, plan to do an anime podcast with some friends, and you're like, it'll be great, I've been meaning to watch this anime, and then you watch it, and you're, like, 54 episodes deep, and you're like, man, this... Anime is giving me anxiety. <laughs> uh, so I guess uh, the last question for you is, where do you think it's going? Um, it's funny, we talked before episode 53, you were wondering if Yang was going to die, or Ryan was going to, or maybe both, or Julian was going to take over, or something crazy. And obviously neither of that happened, none of that happened. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I gotta admit, I was... Uh, I was even caught off guard by this. Like, even I, even I was like, huh, well, that is a way it could resolve, huh? Um, where does it go from here? Uh, I mean, obviously, the terrorists are going to get up to some shit. Yeah, the show's been putting for, I don't know, yes. Chekhov's gunning that for a while. So, yes, they are going yeah, to play a bigger part. Yeah, they've been Chekhov's cult. Yeah, repeatedly <laughs> now. Um... Yeah, Rubinsky's gonna get up to some bullshit. That's fair. Mr. Mean gotta, you know, gotta mean. That's just what he does. Uh, oh, There's also I the mean, new play of the Burkett's Sheriff Forest guys going out and doing their things. Yeah, there's the pirates and stuff. But I'd be like, gonna what show up wearing green tights and stuff and have a bow and arrow. <laughs> I, I, th- I guess the biggest thing I would say for what I think is going to happen is. It is either Machiavelli and Garfield or Ruinthal that is going to do some real shit. And I have a feeling it's it, it kind of depends on what Reinhardt does at this point. Because if, uh, if, if Oberstein starts getting too frustrated with Reinhardt being compassionate or, you know, just kind of not thinking things through as logic, as hard logically, I guess I should yeah. say, as, uh, as Oberstein wants. Because... You know, there's something to be said for soft logic. You know, there's there's elements of the human spirit that you have to consider with politics. You can't just always go numbers, numbers, numbers all the time. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it, it's so it'll either be that or or Rutenthal is just eventually going to be like, I could do this. Yeah, they also have been <laughs> kind of leaning at him being. Uh, <laughs> A.K.A. Hilda just having a moment of... Yeah. <laughs> I think I think from what you're saying, um, the Oberstein-Machiavellian aspect is, I guess, concerning. But I will say that Hildegard has taken the role of Kilke Ice before and that, for the most part, she keeps him in check. So yeah. 
assuming nothing happens to either of them. Yeah, like Oversign and yeah, yeah, they seem to balance each other out for right now. Yeah, um, yeah Ruenthal is obviously a concern. Uh, Oversign fucking called him a wild dog or something. He was like <laughs> wild animals. He's like wild animals, man. They're great when you put them to use and if you keep them in lock and key and have them in a zoo and pet them and call them a fun name, but you let them out and they can start causing some shit. I think like, they were is, uh, <laughs> talking about Lenkamp there, but yeah, I guess oh, the see, same I thought he was talking about Rutenthal. Oh, I thought he was talking about Rutenthal because remember he was like saying, hey, we should keep Rutenthal and Mittenmeyer back at home. He said us, that to all of near them. Us. Yeah, he said that to both uh, Rutenthal and Lenkamp that he said they were too important militarily and they should be kept close, but. Yeah. 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 He, well, uh, no, he, he, he recommended he, Lenkamp. He recommended Lenkamp stay behind. Well, he, he, he was, was the one who um, said he, yeah. he he meant he was kind of grumbling about the um, the whole analogy using using with the wild dog thing. That was something he was referring kind of uh, just to Roenthal at the time, but when he was talking with Reinhardt, he was against Lenkamp because Lenkamp is too much of a blunt instrument. He's just a military guy. So in the case of yeah, civil yeah. unrest, he'd be like, "Well, can't we just kill all the civilians involved? And sort of like, <laughs> no. Uh, so on the so, Free Planet Alliance side, what do you think is going to happen to them? So we got uh, most of the cast retiring from the military. Um, Dan <sighs> settling down with his new wife. I don't think they're married yet. Yeah. But not yet. No. I... Mm, was she allowed to retire? I did not catch that. It's... Not explicitly stated, but it's almost certainly implied. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just wasn't sure because they would like, they did at one point like list off a, a group of people that did not get their retirements approved, and I wasn't sure if she was on that. Because Zern is thinking. the only one I think explicitly stated, because he does administrative bullshit, so yeah. they probably need him around for decommissioning and all that. If anything, mm. um, what they're recommending would probably be something that like uh, the people in Japan would be more familiar with, like what happened with the JSDF. There'd be a lot of uh, infrastructure, managerial, logistics, and all that stuff would be left that makes behind. Sense. And that's kind of yeah, Zern's cup of tea. So he's like, fuck, I'm one of yeah. you guys left who are good at that. <laughs> yeah, but they got like Dusty and Bucock, the admirals, are no longer with their jobs. So I'm assuming yeah. Yang doesn't have one either. Plus, I mean, he's talking about, he was about, the reason they were looking at houses because he was going to get kicked out of the officer's quarter. Mm-hmm. So it's assumed mm-hmm. that he's getting kicked out of the military. Yeah. So I'm sure uh, everybody will have a nice thereafter, and Yang will go and have a nice wife. And Bukok. no one will ever bother Yang again. <laughs> then it's time <laughs> for adventures on Earth. Yeah, Bukov goes to Sydney and raise bees, and Shenkop will be an MMA master. <laughs> yeah. Julian finds a fucking cursed sword on his journey <laughs> to go to the fucking middle of the Earth Cult Mountain. Then Shenkop <laughs> hears about her and he's like, You got a cursed sword? Holy fuck, I'm coming. Wait, you cursed a real sword? I'm way into that. <laughs> I'll run right over. Then you Jul- realize then Julian's like, like, planet, not- Julian's like Shenkop, no, I can't draw the blade because it's evil and it'll consume my soul. But maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> Maybe you just got to get a, get a bit of blood on the blade. Come on, Julian. What if I what if I draw it and give it back to you, Julian? Will you kill then? <laughs> kill for me, Julian. The, the blade is so thirsty. I can hear it. I want to see Shenkop and Julian's Indiana Jones adventure in the Himalayas. It's just Temple of Doom, but instead of Indiana Jones, it's Shenkop. 
Are we kidding? Julian would like pull the blade out and then Shenkop would walk up and be like, oh shit, cursed sword. And then the sword would just like jump back into the sheath and just like get out of there. He'd just be like, oh man, oh man, that's a good curse. I love those ones. Cursed swords like, oh fuck, he's one of those weirdos who loves cursed swords. God damn it. (laughs) First guy in 2,000 years to find me, he's a fucking weirdo. The Earth Cult's all impressed by the cursor. Why didn't we get one of those? Shit. <laughs> so, I can't uh, believe we've already spoiled the whole third season. <laughs> yeah, that's arc. how season three ends with the cursed sword. <laughs> the curse of the galactic heroes. So, uh, yeah, next uh, time we'll be doing 55 through 60. And uh, that's the start of season three. Yeah. So, uh, I'm looking forward Halfway to this. There. Yeah, some. Yeah. The, I, I was going to tell you right now, the next couple episodes are going to be kind of boring restructural stuff like the beginning of season two was because um, yeah. they need to set things up again. But season three definitely That's... goes places, and some of my favorite episodes are at the end of season three. So, mm-hmm. mm. Well, I'm excited for it. I, I am thoroughly in too deep at this point, <laughs> despite everything. I, I don't think I could stop if I tried. So... It stays good till the end, so. Yeah, seems that way. It stayed good so far. Well, sorry about that bummer in the middle. (laughs) I mean, I guess not too sorry, but more of just a, should I put a warning of just like, there's a bummer in the middle. Is that the title, Bummer in the Middle? The downfall of a democracy is kind of sad, so. Kind of a bummer. <laughs> yep, it's just one of them. It's the old whoopsie doodle of democracy. Ah, <laughs> hmm. uh, we gosh, fucked it. Got a bit of corruption on there. Gosh. Shit. Face anime. Terra anime. <laughs> Terra anime. I'm gonna go cry now. I'm gonna go eat now. everybody quick message from uh from ty sorry i'm really really gross and sick from uh travels that's actually why this was delayed a little bit um uh we won't have an episode uh this next week just because fourth of july and holiday travel and all that uh so we won't be doing the uh the watching or a podcast next week but we will be uh right back on the week after and my goal when we started this was to not miss a single week and uh you know, I think 4th of July is okay, but uh, we, we 
I'll definitely be trying to keep on track for the rest of it, and uh, thanks for your patience, and uh, I hope you've been enjoying so far. Sorry for the bummer of an episode, huh? This is anime. <laughs> well, take it easy. <laughs>